You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday here on the Blog and the Boys podcast network, nearly into the second week of training camp as we get riled up on the Dallas Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. You can follow him at Tom Ryle BTB. You can follow me at RW3. And of course, you can hit up the pod at uh, Blogging the Boys. And of course, tag either one of us on there to share your thoughts with us as we get into training camp, right? We're now into the second week, Tom, of training camp. We've got a couple of padded practices under our belts and... Some things have looked uh, surprising. Some things have looked promising. Some things have looked concerning. So you and I have taken the time to compile a list of just what we've seen so far out of training camp. And the list uh, comprises of things that have both surprised us on the good end and on the bad end. Basically what we expected coming into camp and what we did not. Yeah. And spoiler alert, guys. There's a lot more good than, you know, if you want something else unexpected. I, I was not expecting so many positive things to come up. Uh, and it's, you know, yeah, it's just practices. It's a long way to go. Uh, we're a week away from the first preseason game here. So, you know, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, and we're going to just have to just dive into it, I think. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that has just really stood out for me, that, that there was an area of concern. I think almost everybody had it, and it was, was the wide receiver receiver room going to come together? Uh, you know, we they took some really important steps. Namely, uh, they, they went out and traded for Brandon Cooks. We knew what they had in C.D. Lamb, and we crossed our fingers that Michael Gallup would come back. Well, so far, that threesome has not disappointed. Uh, Lamb looks just like Lamb. The connection with Dak Prescott is good. Uh, Brandon Cooks, I think, is everything we thought he could be, and maybe a little more. He's he's he is looking like a legitimate deep threat. Um, you know, he's gotten behind the coverage and and Prescott has, you know, dropped it right into him. Uh, he's he's shown that he is just as effective underneath uh, going in the shallow areas. Um, and Gallup has had some really good plays. He looks like he's a lot closer to being 100%, finally recovered. That full offseason looks like it has paid off in getting him back to the receiver that he needed to be. So, B, 
big sigh of relief. It looks like the top three is good to go. That was, you know, it wasn't unreasonable to think that might all work out, you know, uh, with maybe Gallup being the one that we, we should be most have been concerned about. But what about the depth? You know, because as I mentioned before, you've got to really have at least four starter quality uh, or four guys that are capable of going out there and performing just to get through the season because something's going to happen to somebody and they're going to miss a game. That's just, that's just a fact of life. And the Cowboys had no experience to speak of, only two players that have really seen any time on the field uh, amongst this group. And, uh, you know, we really didn't know what was going to happen. And, man, there are some people who are just flat showing up. Jalen Tolbert, I think, has just shown. Uh, he, he is continually making plays. Uh, the, the quarterbacks are finding him. He is, he is looking very good, not only as a uh, – a good wide receiver for candidate, he might be in the conversation to maybe push Gallup a little bit and get some more, more reps away from Gallup so that they're more, they're more like splitting time a little bit in that position. Uh, and I did not expect him to come on this strong. Uh, it's, it's just a huge leap for him. Uh, the other guy that saw just a little bit of work last year was is Simi Fajoko. Everyone, you know, just jumped all over him when he let a ball clank off his hands in the very first practice. Okay. But maybe that was just a little bit of rust for him because he seems to have come on really strong since as having good practices, stacking them up. And now it looks like the Cowboys may be able to call on him if they need it. He's certainly making a good case to be on the roster. But the really big, even more than, than what happened with Colbert, is watching Cavante Turpin out there, Turpin out there being used as a real wide receiver. You know, he was the return guy last year because he came in out of the USFL. He had just come off this, this you know, his own season. They put him in as the return man, but he never seemed to be integrated into the offense. Now he is showing up all over the place receiving the ball, and he's very good at it. Uh, sure-handed, it looks like. Uh, he's He's got speed, which gives him two doses of the speed when you look at him and Cooks, which is something they have lacked for quite some time in, in their receiving core. And, you know... You have to think maybe this is a little bit of having a new guy calling the plays and a new offensive coordinator. That's interesting to see. So now all of a sudden you've got six players that have been with the team for a while that look like they could be contributors as wide receivers. And lo and behold, we're not quite done. The very last draft pick the Cowboys made was Jalen Brooks. And while he's playing with with the, the twos and the threes, he's turning some heads out there. He's showing some real talent. And is it possible this team will go into the season with seven players, at least in the organization, 
that can actually go out and and be effective against NFL defenses. I don't know what to make of this. I did not expect to be sitting here, especially like this. I thought we'd be waiting for people to to emerge, you know, a UDFA or something. And, you know, they've, they've had a, a couple of UDFAs kind of make a little bit of a showing, but the guys that they they – that we're seeing so much of just, it's like, it's almost, you know, it's too good to be true. I pinch myself, I knock on wood and I hope this is going to turn out. And that's, I think kind of where we need to go next within this conversation. Are we perhaps doing what you and I have spoke of time and time again, that happens this time of year, which is, you know, buying into the hype granted, I, I agree that the wide receivers have looked as a group collectively, unexpectedly better overall than we would have thought they would. But at the same time, is training camp sort of geared for wide receivers to look a little bit better? Have we not seen wide receivers flash amongst this group of seemingly no-name players, right? Just a season ago, the likes of Dennis Houston, who's still hanging around here, uh, sparked and and made a name for themselves, at least in training camp. Is it at all, are we in all danger of falling to that same trap here? It's always a bit of a trap, but it just, I mean, looking back at the past couple of years where we're just scratching our heads and kind of clutching at straws, the fact that three of the guys, you know, the, the Tolbert, uh, Turpin, and Fajoko are looking good, and they've all been with the organization a year at least. That, it to me, says this is more than just grasping at straws. There's a little meat here. So we still got to see what happens. Uh, you know, I, I, I really expect that they're going to just kind of keep the top three out of the preseason games. And so those guys are going to basically be your starting, your three guys that go out to start in the, the preseason games. That's going to tell us a lot more, and it may give us more reason to feel confident, uh, even though they will probably be playing against other backups the whole way. But still, that's going to be an important kind of landmark. And I, I'm going to stay say that this it just feels different here. And a lot of this stuff feels different, which, like, I, I you know, I go back to the fact that they did make some co- some important coaching changes, and I'm wondering how much of this is just kind of bleeding throughout, not just on offense, but kind of seems to be influencing the defense a little. I agree with you. The wide receivers have been better than we expected. So I'm not trying to be devil's advocate there, but I do think we need to bring in some perspective because, hey, it's happened before in training camp. And I just agree with you. I think we're seeing something just a little bit different this time around. Yeah, I look, I, I, I appreciate how you said not to be devil's advocate after you literally played the devil's advocate. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, you're right. That was m- entirely my intention. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, yeah, now, ta- on defense, um, it hasn't been as surprising to see, but there's still have been some things that were a little – you didn't think it was going to be here – quite so fast maybe and now you mentioned a very important point we were 
putting this all together. Zach Martin ain't out there. Okay. That, you know, you have to look at that. There is a weak link on the offensive line. Uh, and right now, you know, we, we, we hope that Jerry Jones gets his ego back in his, his hip pocket and they get Martin taken care of and they quit with this stupid talk about, well, we need that money somewhere else. Uh, hey, dude, is anybody more thankful for Jim Ursay in his comments than Jerry Jones? Because had Jim not said what he said right after Jerry said what he said about Zach and about Micah needing to get that money that Zach was wanting, I think that would have been huge news. But the Jonathan Taylor stuff broke almost right after it. And now the worst owner in the league is Jim Irsay. Yeah, thankfully. But, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see how that works out. Howard, going back to that, Micah Parsons Parsons has been scary. Uh, I, I thought I think it was it was uh, Cooks that was talking about it. He said, "Like my gosh, I, it, the, the guy is just he's eating people alive. He is getting into the backfield, and and I know that they're not quite going a hundred percent out there, but Parsons just seems to always be pushing. There there are a lot of plays where Prescott, or a lot of reps, well, Prescott will complete a pass, but he would have been sacked. And it's not just coming from Parsons. Lawrence is getting in there, too, which, you know, you you would hope that if one of them gets stopped, the other one can, can take up the slack and come on because they can't double everybody. And, you know, maybe the, the interior of the defensive line is getting more pressure. This is just looking like the pass rush is going to be exactly what we were hoping it would be it's only to me this has gelled so fast and maybe part of that is that the defense gets gets their act together a little earlier in camp many times than the the offense does still well who's new on the defense only one guy there's only really one guy that's new even on the defense and that's Gilmore. yeah yeah and you know (laughs) he it's like he he know, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, he knows exactly what need, needs to happen, and so yeah, I think this is it's just Parsons. We knew he's a standout. He had just stood out so much. Everybody's talking about it, and when everybody's talking about someone, you start to think, well, maybe there's something here. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, there's some little little things, and this is a little thing to me. Will Greer seems to be making a real push to challenge Cooper Rush. I did not think that was – I thought Will Greer was going to be safe as the emergency quarterback. That was just it. Valuable piece to have. But, you know, when you look at the wide receivers, you go, well, you know, Prescott's been really accurate most of the time, and maybe that's it. But they're making catches from the backups, and Greer, they're, they're rotating him in with the twos. Uh, it seems to me kind of frequently like they're they're going to give these guys a chance to play it out and see who is the emergency QB. And it might even change. They might have some kind of thing like, okay, uh, Rush would be the matchup for this team, but if we had to go to the, the QB2, uh, Greer would be better against this opponent. And I, I don't know, but I think this is turning into a, a nice little low-pressure battle because it's not terribly 
important which one wins as long as they come up with a winner and figure it all out. That's just something I didn't expect we'd be talking about. Well, not only that, I think it's underrated in today's game, the quality of your backup quarterbacks when you go into these preseason games. Like how many teams aren't really going to be able to even get a good look at the quality of talent they have on the offensive side of the ball because the backup and third string quarterbacks that they're having to play aren't even capable of running an offense. And Mm -hmm. in this case, right, with reps being so limited and guys needing an opportunity to show what they can do, I think having Will Greer and having obviously Cooper Rush and the experience that both of those guys have at the NFL level is extremely valuable in this early part, right? Especially when practices are so limited, when all those things are so much more regimented now than they were in the past. So that's, I I think, another underrated aspect of it. And it's definitely surprising to me that Will is pushing for that spot because I thought for sure Cooper Rush, it it was his – I mean, really he would have to fall off a cliff, I thought, to lose that spot. And that may still be the case. But I have been impressed – by the quality and the integration of the two after Prescott. Yeah, and it hasn't been a case of that Rush has been having bad practices. It's just that no. Greer has been doing better than you think QB3 is normally, at least in the history of the Cowboys quarterbacks. So that's it. Um, now, the next thing I, I'd like you to kind of talk a little bit about, because you, you pointed out the fact that first-round pick Mozzie Smith seems to be catching on pretty dang quickly out there. Now, again, this is probably the interior defensive line is the biggest benefactor of the absence of Zach Martin. You mentioned it earlier, and it has to be restated. But at the same time, Mozzie Smith has had some one-on-one reps against veterans along this defensive line group, and he has not looked out of place one bit. He's pushing the pile. He's making plays. Uh, in, in the interior, right? And when he has the opportunity, right? I mean, when Deuce Vaughn's been in there, not so many guys have had an opportunity to do anything with that. But Mozzie Smith has looked very much the part of a first-round draft pick that, like, again, not putting the expectations of 10 sacks. I don't think anybody realistically is putting that expectation on him, unless people that don't understand football and how interior defensive linemen play and how their roles are, you know, how their roles are preferred, right? How their roles are delegated. But at the same time, he has not at all looked out of place. He hasn't really had many bad snaps. And everybody obviously loves his attitude as he had the comment this (laughs) week that, you know, he doesn't even care about football. He just really goes out there and likes to hit people. That's what he enjoys. Yeah. And uh, just to build on that a little bit, um, I, I thought that they were going to have a real maybe decision on whether to keep uh, both Smith and Hankins because in the past they've not carried a lot of one text, but I, I really think they might have something. And given the fact that the role of the interior of the defensive line when the uh, ball is being thrown is, is – it's more valuable sometimes just to push the pocket rather than actually get to the quarterback and let the ends clean things up. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Uh, Jay step up. Just take away that, that forward step where yeah. when DeMarcus or Micah go wide, they can't step up. Yeah. And if and... you can take that away, that is kryptonite to a lot of, you know, these great pocket passer quarterbacks. That's really the only way they can be rattled or stopped. Yeah. And, uh, Jay Tuck, a friend I made when I was out in uh, Oxnard uh, a couple of a uh, couple of years ago, he had a tweet out about lining up uh, Hankins as your one tech and Mozzie as your three tech. And yeah, doesn't that just feel fun? <laughs> I'm, I mean, okay, I'll make the prediction now. I think that's what we're going to see week one, Tom. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to see week one. We may not see it on, you know, like very beginning of the game, but we will see it week one. Yeah. We'll see that. Because you know how Dan Quinn loves to go mad scientist with his line. And I, I, I'm expecting at some point we're going to see Mozzie line up outside. <laughs> Just – Watch what the defense or what the offense does to, to go like what, what's going on, yeah. you know. <laughs> maybe it'll, maybe it'll be a running down, and they'll just have him crash in to, to smash the backfield. I don't know. I just I think there's some interesting things. The only thing I think Smith really has to get is he needs to get his first step off a little quicker. Mm-hmm. And if he does that, I think this guy's going to be on you know all rookie teams all over the place. So anyway. Um, well, the next thing, thing yeah, go ahead. I was going to say one thing we've come to expect from yes. the Cowboys, if you've been following them for any amount of time, is that at some point someone's going to get injured and they're going to be extremely coy or nonchalant about what that injury actually entails. And eventually we're going to find out that it was much worse than they ever let on to begin with. And I could think of, a number of examples over the years where that has taken place. Luke Schoonmaker for me this year, uh, something's going on with that foot, that calf, whatever it is. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him week one. And it, it actually came out uh, to, on, on Wednesday oh. what's going on. He has a partially torn planar fascia. Mm. And now – the, the good news is there was also a report 
uh, from Tuesday that somehow I think it was it, I can't remember if it was Ian Rappaport or not, but he had it in his notes and forgot to mention it, and I didn't see anybody else mentioning it. But he said that Schoonmaker was on the courts. That's always a pretty positive sign that they're coming back. And so, you know, maybe he will get back and at least get into the the depth and we'll have to see because I think they've, you know, they've got a guy I think named, is it, is it John Roberts, I think? Uh, he's a converted wide receiver that they've uh, turned into a tight end, I believe, which mm-hmm. says a lot about the, his, his size, you know. Um, no, John Stevens, I'm sorry, John Stevens. Uh, who is really making a a, a push to uh, make the, the squad in Schoonmaker's absence. But, you know, I would like to see them get the second rounder on the roster and then decide if they want to carry her fourth or not. Uh, it's going to be tough this, this season because, like I said, the wide receivers are already putting pressure on them to find ways to, to come up with slots. But, yeah, and, and it's also been mentioned that, the tight ends are lining up a lot as inline blockers. So you have to ask, well, are they are the tight ends going to be a, as big a factor in the passing game as we thought? Maybe all these wide receivers doing well has got them to doing a little bit of an adjustment. I don't know. But, yeah, it's the, the bottom line is you're right. Uh, it's, there's always something we're scratching our heads about. Maybe this this preseason it's getting resolved a little quicker and, and we won't be left hanging as long. Well, let's hope. We certainly would like to see him out there, at least with you know, with the yellow ropes or something to that effect, to make us feel like it was forthcoming as opposed to, you know, being out there on the courts. Cause I mean, I've been out there in Oxnard covering the Cowboys, doing radio out there, and I mean I've seen guys walking around on the courts, but until they get you know, between the fence lines, you know, even in shorts and a T-shirt, right? And I don't think anybody's even seen him out there. Um, that's kind of, to me, my tell. And it's, it's something we definitely going to want to watch the West Way going. Now, but good that they gave us that information. Well, who on that theory? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, it just came out, and I don't know where it came from. Uh, where what the sourcing was, but that was report. I saw that reported on on Wednesday. Now the next is a matter of just looking back a year and how this seems to be going. the The kicker situation just feels less unnerving. Uh, you know, neither Tristan Viscano nor Brandon Aubrey has been perfect, but things are going a lot better than it was at this time because I think uh, I think uh, on in the last padded practice, the last time we had reports on what they were doing in their their head to head competition, uh, you know, Aubrey only missed one kick, Viscano missed two, but they weren't real short kicks or, or what should be gimmies. They had the mojo moment uh, in the first pad, padded practice where both of them went three for three. And that's, I like that because that mojo moment is kind of like, okay, all the team's looking at you. You got to do well, at least get a little pressure on them. And both of them came through. Uh, I'm not as uneasy because last year it's like, 
they would all go out and, and, you know, one day maybe one of them would do okay, but the other would miss a lot. And the next day they switch. And then one day none of them could hit anything. It's like, at least it looks like they've got some guys that are going to be capable that will, that, that at a minimum will be able to hit the point, the PATs and the, the, the really gimme type field goals that they, they really need to have when they're close. So, uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting this to go as well as it has, has, and it's, it's a pleasant surprise. Uh, I, I really thought we were setting up for another year like last year when we'd, we'd be signing somebody just a week or so before the start of the season and going with them. Well, and I'll be honest, I wouldn't still be surprised if they signed somebody a week or two before the season, but it's nice that we're not as concerned about it. It's nice to see some going through the uprights, even in the, you know, in training camp or out there on the practice fields in Oxnard. That does make us feel warm and fuzzy, but the kicking game is a weird one in that it only matters when it matters. Right. And until then, everything they do could all go by the wayside and we've seen it happen. Right. Guy looks great during the regular season, get into the playoffs and all of a sudden, this is a pair of big ones, and you're looking for a new one in the offseason. So yeah, that <laughs> recently, yeah, not, yeah, like we we saw that up close, personal. That was one of the most baffling collapses I've ever seen in my life, and I I have no idea what it's like to be an NFL kicker or a kicker of any kind, but that that was just, I mean, something happened in that guy's head. Brett Maher just came apart. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, now. I don't know. Some people might have expected this. A lot of people certainly didn't because he has so many detractors. But Dak Prescott has reportedly been fire out there. He's he's just he's being very accurate. Uh, they're they're getting him using his legs a little more. Uh, and I think you know they're talking. You know, every time there's a a, a, a an interception in practice, you know, it's all over the, the social media. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> I have to say, I noticed the other day that if you went to the, uh, you know, we, we, are, we do a little summary of the news uh, every day for the readers and all of the SB nation sites do that. And I happened to notice the one for the Eagles, the headline, the top headline mentioned Jerry Jones. So, you know, people watch the Cowboys. But, you know, the first pick was not his fault, as we've seen with the Fajoko thing, where it just bounced off of his hands, a, a very well-placed ball. And there was one where it was really just an outstanding play by Nation Wright to move Cooks away from where he was supposed to be so he couldn't go and contest for the ball, and that would have probably kept being a pick. But... That just looks so confident out there, uh, you know. So, and and he's facing such a good pass rush out there, which is another thing. Uh, I don't think he's going to be up against that level of pass rush very often. You know, maybe the Eagles will come with a, a one at the, that same level, maybe one or two other teams. But I think that we're going to see a really good year from Prescott. And, and, you know, I just I – am, I am mildly surprised that he has come out because in the past he te- seemed to have a couple of good days and then a, a bad day. He hadn't had a bad day yet. It just hadn't happened as far as I can tell. 
Yeah, he looks fresh. He looks in control. And that was one of the things that his teammate C.D. Lamb said about him, you know, when asked about what was different in the Mike McCarthy offense versus Kellen Moore's offense, he just said Dak's in complete control. Dak's the one that gets to make the call. If he likes a matchup, then we're going to go with that call. And I trust Dak at this point of his career, just turning 30 and into, you know, what, his seventh season now as the Cowboys quarterback. And it seems like, man, it was just yesterday that he was taken over for Tony Romo and Kellen Moore. But now he has been the Cowboys signal caller for as long as he has. And he's earned the right, I think, within the organization and probably earned the right with Mike McCarthy, right, to – show that he can he can handle it and i think he'll be better for it right like the detractors against him all right here's your opportunity i guess because it is all on him but i am very hopeful that he's going to stick it right in their faces yeah and that's a nice little segue into the last thing um mike mccarthy is now in charge of the offense he's he's the he's the play caller uh, as you mentioned, he seems to be giving Dak a lot more freedom to adjust to, to I guess, to audible to figure out where they're going to go. Uh, I don't know exactly how all that works because uh, I know that the, the quarterbacks usually have a couple of plays that they can, you know, they have one play called and they have an audible call that they can go to. So uh, the thing is, you know, we were all wondering how this transition would go. And I guess the thing from watching practices, and again, it's just practices, but watching them, the operative term seems to be smooth because things are rolling. And, and I love the fact that they're, that they're incorporating Turpin. You know, I, you have to ask. Was was Turpin not getting many looks just because Kellen Moore didn't think that he would work because he didn't fit the profile? Uh, we're seeing Deuce Vaughn uh, get plenty of opportunities, both you know running the ball and they're 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 throwing to him a little some. So uh, I just yeah, go ahead. I want to touch on that Kellen point. Like it wasn't that he didn't fit the profile is that it was that he fit the only profile that Kellen, it felt like Kellen knew how to utilize a guy like that, which was end around sweeps and jet sweeps. And that's all Cavante Turpin. If he was going to be on the field, that's all he was going to give you. Whereas it feels like Mike McCarthy is willing to utilize him in a few more different ways, move him out of the backfield, you know, move him out wide and send him on a route or send him on a crosser that takes advantage of his speed in man coverage or what have you. Like there's a lot of different ways you can utilize a guy other than how they, how it seemed they would only utilize him a year ago on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, he is being fully integrated. I mean, I haven't heard talks about jet sweeps. Um, yeah. And I'm I'm wondering what their plans for that. Are they, you know, because maybe the Cowboys went to that well too often and might not be a bad idea to just focus on wide receivers being wide receivers out there. And, yeah, I love the fact that, you know, they send Turpin out there and you got to watch him because, you know, you let him get a step and you can get burned. And the way Dak's been dropping the ball in deep, 
that could become, you know, it's, you only need to hit on one or two of those. And then for the rest of the season, defenses have to defend against it, which is just going to open up other parts of the offense. It's just, you know, I, I don't see the downside from that part. And I'm having a, I'm getting a good feeling uh, for what McCarthy's going to do because he seems really happy with what he's doing. Well, there's no doubt about it. The Cowboys have kept us all, I think, pleasantly surprised. And the best part so far, no significant injuries to speak of for the Dallas Cowboys or any player involved with the Dallas Cowboys. And if you got in any wood, go ahead and knock that for us if you're at home listening or in the car driving. So uh, make sure you let us know what you've been uh, excited about thus far through training camp. What has exceeded your expectations? What do you think has been lacking in that regard? We'd love to hear from you there on Twitter again at Tom Rawl BTB, or you can hit me up at RW3. And of course, follow all the great content at bloggingtheboys.com and at bloggingtheboys on. I'm still calling it Twitter, dude. I'm never going to stop calling it Twitter. I don't care what he calls it. He can call it whatever he wants. It's Twitter to me and it's a tweet to me. So uh, we'll keep rolling with you guys. We'll keep you updated on everything that's going on out of Cowboys training camp. And next week, we'll have a little temperature check. Tom and I will. And we'll get you ready for the first preseason game. For, so for Tom, I'm Roy. You guys stay riled up on the Cowboys. And we will see you next Thursday.